You're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Activia. Activia offers a range of yogurts that help support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry. Music is my guest's trade, but now he's using the redemptive power of it to help people in a clinical setting in the form of music therapy. From helping older adults with dementia to working with children in areas of social disadvantage, the therapy has many applications. I'm delighted to be joined by musician, frontman of Bellex One, and music therapist, Paul Noonan. Paul, welcome to the studio. Thanks, Carl. How are you? I'm very well. I'm fascinated about this. As someone who, I love music, I love the everything about it. Uh, and I'm fascinated by the thought of it as a therapy process. Uh, what is it? That's, huh. that's, that's a big question yeah. to open up. But I'm still start. figuring it out, really. But I think uh, most simply, it's the use of music to help people in clinical or community settings is the snappy one-liner. But, um, you know, I'm still, you know, as, as a music lover and as a, as a writer and performer of music, I, I kind of, for a long time, um, felt there was something there that could be bottled and deployed in more sort of targeted ways. And I started reading about it, about about sort of what, how music works in the brain, like neurologically or, I mean, there's no exact science on that, but it's just, it's a fascinating area to kind of get into. Um, and I, I read a book by uh, the neurologist Oliver Sacks called Musicophilia, and uh, he just, it was just a, a litany of, of amazing case studies about how music had played a role in people's rehabilitation uh, post uh, acquired brain injury mainly. That's, that was his kind of speciality and how, um, how, how differently music works cognitively and how it uses different channels in the brain and, uh, and all that. It just, it was just really fascinating. So I, the only place to study music therapy in Ireland is in Limerick in, in the in UL. Um, so I, I, I went for it and, and did the masters there for two years. Um, you know, but every day is a school day still. I'm only qualified maybe two years and practice, well, practicing two years part-time and, uh, I love it. I think it's, I think it's just an extension. It's a wonderful extension of how I use music and the role of music in my life. And, and it's very much a two-way thing uh, in terms of like, it very much feeds my own creativity and my own writing. Um, and I, I feel I am able to sort of deploy 20 plus years of making music coupled with, you know, the, the, the sort of more formal learnings around it as a proper sort of clinical intervention, you know, that is, that forms part of a suite of interventions with somebody in, in hospital or in a school or in a nursing home. Um, you know, there has to be it has to sort of stand beside speech and language, physio, you know, those disciplines that have been been around and been sort of formalized. So because there's a danger of it being perceived as kind of, Asher, you'll come in now, you'll play F.U.L. songs and we'll have the crack and it'll be a lovely time. And it has to be more than that, you know, mm -hmm. and that's all well and good, but it has to have sort of, I, I, I hate to say sort of measurable outcomes, but we are, because it's, it's a discipline that's not yet sort of, in the tent in terms of being part of our offerings as a health service, we're very much cognizant of the need to, to have measurable 
goals and objectives and have that sort of proper clinical path to it. So, yeah, that's that's all a bit of a sort of new skill set for me to learn. And how does music therapy work? So if I, you know, if you come to me, if I go to you for a music therapy session, how does that set the scene for our listeners? Um, I'm sure every session is different. And well, yeah, well aware I mean, of that, it depends why you're coming as well, of course. Yeah. It depends. I mean, there is a referral pathway. Say if I'm seeing children with autism, um, I, I, I work across two schools here in the inner city in Dublin and I see some children with autism. I see some children who are living with adverse childhood conditions at home. I've come from like a lot of difficulty uh, at home. So uh, I would be referred uh, a child by social worker or teacher and I would have a file and I would have points as to why they've been referred. So I would initially spend the first three or four sessions assessing the child as to as to what role I see music having uh, to meet their needs. And uh, so, I mean, if a child, I, I, with children, I would generally, well, I actually made the mistake with children of having too much on display initially. So often the child will come into the room and go, wow, and just go nuts on the drums and various keyboards and, and, and bits and bobs. So I generally have kind of learned to, to wind that in and introduce things gener- introduce things slowly. Um, I mean, with, with kids, it's often, about, it's often about just establishing a relationship and trust and that sort of positive engagement with an adult. Music is often secondary. Um, again, it depends on why they're referred. But uh, yeah, so that would be how I'd approach um, work with children. Okay. And it, in terms of the therapy, is it is it that the, the child or the adult plays? Or, the yeah, or does yes. the therapist lead the play? Or? I, 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 obviously, um, I always, I mean, the, the, the goal is to, to always have the child... Or, or adult again, depending on on on, on the reason for referral. But um, it, that it's that it's not just a receptive thing for them. Um, it, that 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 they are engaged musically and are very much facilitated to express themselves musically. However, that can happen. Um, so I co-write songs with children uh, and adults and make up bits and pieces. With with kids, like the goof goes a long way, like making up silly songs, <laughs> a lot of fart. A lot of fart music, <laughs> a lot of just silliness because it's play is 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 universally a wonderful thing. So um, it, it can be disarming. It can kind of very much create a sort of safe, contained space for kids. Um, so yeah, we get them playing as, as much as we can. One thing you mentioned earlier is that, you know, the impact that music has on a on a brain function level in terms of neurology. Tell us a little bit more about that. I'm not a neurologist, yeah. but I I. Well, I have a number of clients living with disorders of consciousness, uh, having having had uh, acquired brain injury. So, I have one client who's in a minimally conscious state, and he is nonverbal and, for the most part, um, unable to move. So he's in a, a wheelchair or in bed. But the things that reach him are are touch in terms of a physical therapy and and sound music. You can tell that he's. He, he can move his head so and he follows music sources. He follows sound sources around the room and is very much stilled by music. He can be quite agitated otherwise but um, and sort of uh, engage in some like arm flailing and that sort of involuntary or, or possibly frustrated uh, movement but is very much stilled by music. So neurologically, I mean, 
I am working towards brain imaging with this particular client, but but from from case studies around this, I mean, it's 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 with with modern EEG scans and and even F F MRI scans, the parts of the brain can be seen to be stimulated by music, and and even and Oliver Sacks goes into this in, in Musicophilia, even the different components of music like pitch, timbre, speed, volume can stimulate different parts of the brain because they're all the brain pulls music apart into its components and that's how we process it. So that's fascinating. I mean yeah, that's I mean it's sort of great great I'm kind of I'm 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 really looking forward to being able to do that but I kind of get a sense that yes it's all wonderful uh, but what are our learnings around it? Um what we can say is that it stimulates cognitive activity, which in itself is a good thing. But I'm sure everyone who's listening in, myself included, music can do many different things. It can be calming. Yeah. It can be exciting. Yeah. It can be motivating. Like if I have a really bad day and I don't want to train, I'll stick Rocky on. And the Rocky soundtrack every time just signals, it triggers my brain into, right, we're going to do this. And it's like Rocky Four in Russia. And, you know, you kind of go there in a really weird space. Yeah. Or if you're having a really busy day and you need to calm and bring the senses down a bit, you put something like, my playlist would be like Nora Jones or Evening Jazz on Spotify or just something quite good. And it brings the senses down. It just, it, it, it helps to unwind or helps to wind up or... You know, before a race or an event, I'll have Riverdance on. I'll have Rocky. I'll have, uh, what else on my playlist? Uh, Inhaler, actually, on my playlist at the minute. Yeah. Uh, there's certain songs that you, you, you create. You can, you can The brain goes to certain places with, certain, with, with different types of music. I think we yeah. can all associate with that and the, the power of it. Chat to me about, you mentioned earlier too, about the, the importance of music to you on a personal level then in terms of life and what music yeah. does for you, obviously, as a... As a musician it's been your work but presumably it's been a lot more than that yeah yeah it has i mean i've always we've been i've always been really moved by music you know as a, and and i think as you're kind of falling really falling for music for me that was around 14 or 15 years of of age and i didn't i don't have older siblings so i kind of fall my falling for music was through being introduced to music by friend's older sibling and just feeling the sort of that fierceness of connection with music and how certain songs or help to make sense of life at that point it felt like and also sort of taking ownership of those songs and, and those artists as as mine and part of my identity and nothing to do with my parents and you know it, it's very I feel I feel that that I kind of was into music then with a with a sort of purity and a ferocity that it's been all downhill since, you know. Because even especially getting into making music yourself, you know, it's there's a bit of a, you know, you might like a sausage, but you really don't want to see how it's made, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you tend to sort of look behind the curtain a bit, and you're looking at sort of what guitar pedals people are using and what kind of production is going on in the background. So it kind of, I, I remember. The, you know the band we we would bring binoculars to gigs so we could see what people were using and that kind of thing so it kind of in some ways my fear is that it stripped the magic away a little bit but I mean I wouldn't trade it I, I love making music and we love making music collectively and it's just it's such a wonderful thing to be able to do with your friends for 20 years in terms of my own like it's definitely helped me make sense of life um I suppose 
especially in my late teens and 20s when things were, you know, there's a lot of turmoil in those years for various reasons. And um, I think we all have a song from our 20s that provides us with a sense of... Yeah. Or a band or it gives you, a, it kind of gives you something to hold on to. Like for mine, it was for my late teens. It was Oasis and the Gallagher. It was just that time where that all kind yeah. of took off, and and it gives you a sense of community. It gives you a sense of belonging. It yeah. gives you a sense of you know, yeah, just something to a, a, a crutch. And I'm sure hearing those songs now, you're transported back oh, every time. Yeah. And I'm and and my 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 vivid imagination. If I hear a certain song, I can tell you exactly yeah. where, when, how, who. I, I yeah. that's how my brain kind of functions. And that that's a big part of working with with older adults with dementia. Say that music again transports them back to certain times in their life and to, to certain parts of themselves that have unraveled as well. You know that you know often somebody who's kind of uh, who's no longer recognizes loved ones or has, you know, lost a lot of sort of memory and speech and can remember the, the lyrics to a, to a song from 50 years ago. And again, that's, that's music working in sort of parallel neural pathways to other cognition and, and other kinds of memory. Yeah, that, that, that's a, that's a big part. I, I, I also do some work in a, in a nursing home here in Dublin and, uh, a big part of that is sort of is stirring reminiscence and connecting people to their to their selves, you know, that have that have dimmed somewhat, but but are, that are still there and just need to be kind of uh, unearthed. Was it scary going to Limerick? <laughs> yeah, because you know I was about twenty years older than everyone else in the class. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, there's a fine line between between wanting to kind of get down with the kids and kind of being a little bit creepy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, of a Tuesday night, you're out doing student nights in Limerick, and yeah, <laughs> it's thirty years since I did it myself as an undergraduate. So it was wonderful though because it kind of. Um, it was scary because I, I'd been out of academia, not not that I was ever particularly in academia, but I hadn't, you know, read or written academically in a long time. So this, that was, that took a, a bit to get the hang of. Um, but I loved it. I loved it. It was kind of like, as I'm a, I'm a middle-aged man with children and a mortgage, and I was kind of escaping a little bit for two days a week and going down and staying in my B&B and, and, going to the canteen and hanging out as a student for a couple of days a week. So there was a lovely thing to immerse it. I think it was great that I did it away from Dublin as well. I wasn't living at home while I was doing it, so I compartmentalised in that way. And for people listening in, thinking of doing something a bit different, a bit mad, mad is probably <laughs> the wrong word, but certainly a bit different, a bit of a leap yeah. of faith. You know, you followed your passion, you follow, and you took it to the as an extension of it into what, what you now do in, in terms of music yeah. therapy that you know it's it is important to take a take a risk yeah feel the fear chance. feel the fear and do it anyway so I know I, I, I don't want to be flippant about it but it was it was um, I think I you know with Bell X1 we've been going almost 25 years now and it's been a wonderful trip and I've, we've had all kinds of other projects as well as music makers but it um as a sort of extension of how music, how I use music, and and also something that I, I suppose I felt that making music was in some ways a little narcissistic, or was kind of all about me and my output, and look at me, and am I like you know hush now and listen to my song sort of thing? And whereas with music therapy, that needs that's very much flipped, and I, I felt I had to unlearn 
a lot of that sort of performative instinct in sessions, say that it, like that's that sessions don't become a gig, like a group session in a nursing home doesn't become a gig. And is it flipped because you're the one listening? Well, I'm the one who's. It's not about the quality of the music that that's made. It's about facilitating others to make music. And, and you find that challenging? Um, yeah, because my instinct is to go for the levers. Of course, that, it is. Yeah, that are sort of more performative and ace the gee, you know. So, and also kind of like not worrying about the quality of of the product of what we're making. It's a, it's about the fact that we are making it, mm-hmm. you know. It wouldn't be like you know criticizing people on their tuning or on their timing and stuff. It's it's about yeah making them comfortable enough to 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 express themselves because you know some some kids especially not not a bother and are re- free and expressive and are unburdened by any self-consciousness but for some people it's it's a real exposure of themselves and they feel very very vulnerable doing that uh, expressing themselves in that way when you go home at the end of the day then so after a concert you go home presumably you're and wired for, I would imagine, after performing to, you know, a group of people. After a, a busy day then of music therapy, yeah. how do you go home after a day of that? Uh, uh, man, I, I have, something I do have is a, is a, is a newfound respect for teachers <laughs> because <laughs> I'm in a school, or across two schools for like a, a full, a full teaching uh, school day, which is like, you know, nine to three and I'm wrecked after it, you know. Yeah, it is. A, it's a, obviously a different thing, but I do. I, I get tremendous satisfaction out of it. Sometimes it's frustrating if I feel I haven't, if I feel like I have, we haven't, we haven't, I haven't landed or I haven't connected or I haven't facilitated connection. Because sometimes with children with, with, with a lot of needs, you can be kind of, sometimes they're, you know, especially children, children with autism can, it can be very hard to, to f- for them to focus and to uh, feel like you're engaging musically, you know, it, we, I, I I can feel sometimes I'm kind of there might be like a few minutes of music engagement in like a half an hour session, and sometimes that's enough, you know, because the other time is spent tending to the relationship that's there, and and often kids like that it, they can take a long time to f- t- for it, for it to feel comfortable for safety. them to stay in the room yeah and for the for the for for them yeah safety and containment is, is a big part of it you know and they'd be pushing my buttons and uh trying to sort of yeah it's it there's a dance there you know with some of the messers <laughs> challenging yeah but rewarding absolutely yeah yeah it is i mean i do i get imposter syndrome i'm sure we all do in at times in our lives but uh, like I'm just, I'm a chancer here. I'm just kind of dicking around with music. But uh, the satisfaction, I suppose, comes from realizing that idea of somehow using what I've learned as a writer and a performer for all this time, then sort of channeling that through more formal education in the space and then feeling like you're using both of those things to help somebody, to help a child write a goofy song or help a child to, to work on their language skills, to say words beginning in F, for example, the child I have at the, mo- at the moment, use, using finding F words in song and, and uh, you know, help, helping a child in sort of tangible ways like that. Can, can, yeah, it's really rewarding. And so it comes from taking that big leap of, you know, you jump out of your comfort zone, you do something you, 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 yeah. you, you really want to do, and then yeah. 
you know, you, you jump in feet first, you learn, and you get the reward. It's been great to catch up. You I really too, enjoyed man. that. Absolutely. It's been really interesting. I think people listening in will get from our conversation what music therapy is. Good. The role that it has in society. Uh, and I think uh, on any level, you just think back to what music does on on an individual level for all of us, both you and I and people listening in, people who have autism or dementia or whatever. It, music does so much for us yeah. that we can all pick out that song. We can all pick, and the memory related to the song, and you can almost see and feel the the yeah. the map in your brain as it goes, you know, as it goes from hops from one to the next to the next. It's very, it's incredibly powerful, and it's been, it's been great to catch up. Really glad that you came in. Thank you Thanks, so much, Carl. and folks. I really hope you enjoyed our conversation today. We covered a lot of ground, something a little bit different, but uh, really important in terms of overall health. And I really hope that you enjoyed our conversation. As every know, we are at Real Health at Independent.ie, and we'll see you next week. Bye.